podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. We hope you enjoyed the archived Craig Bully interview to tide you over during the winter break. So as you know, I'm Stevie and this is our 89 show. With Celtic returning tomorrow and the sausage, bean and cheese melt making a comeback, we thought we'd bring back our beloved Chats to a segment. And on this one, I'm going to be chatting to Hannah, who you may or may not know, for her updates online about Japanese football. So we'll get right into it. Hannah, cheers for coming on GigPod. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right for a Sunday anyway, but yeah. I'm really, really buzzing for Celtic tomorrow. I'm assuming you feel the same way when you look at the guys who signed over the winter break. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how, how they're doing, especially uh, Hatate. He's like one of my favourites. Um, uh, and Maida as well. And... and uh, Yosuke, of course. I know that you are very much a mark for these signings. For people who may not know who you are, we bring it back a wee bit. Hannah, you're well known for being an obsessive for Japanese football in general, from the J-League to the Japanese national team. I believe you are from Edinburgh, so my question is, what made you become so obsessed with Japanese football in general? Um, well, so for me, I've, I've always liked football. Um, I was really into it when I was like, when I was like 10, eh, and I played it for some wee like amateur girls team in Fife. Um but it kinda took a back seat for most of my teenage years and then I lived in Japan um the year after I finished high school and before I started university, um just uh, like volunteering as an English teacher. Um and I sort of kind of re like visited my interest in football there um because it was kind of like a a nice thing to be interested in when you're in a new country to sort of learn about local sport and stuff um and but I wasn't really like I didn't I didn't really become obsessed again until um the Euros last year um I got really back into it um so I've always like kind of like quietly observed it um but I got definitely more obsessed with it in the in the last few months um started following my team in Japan, Kawasaki Frontale and Celtic in Glasgow, eh, mainly because of Kyogo, but I've always been like leaned towards Celtic over any other team in Scotland. So um yeah, that's that's probably why just from living there and just happened to become interested in it. I've got that kind of personality as well. I get really like into things intensely. <laughs> oh, I can relate to that as well. But what was it about uh, Kawasaki Frontale that you were really attracted to as a football club as well? Um, just the basic fact that when I was in Japan, I lived in Kawasaki and um, they won the league in 2018 um, and I had just moved there a few months prior. So I was seeing all of the like celebrations of when they won and I had planned to go and get myself a shirt as a wee souvenir. Um, but you may or may not know Japanese football shirts are ridiculously expensive. So I didn't, I wasn't able to get one. Um, but yeah, no, I just sort of just sort of naturally decided like if I'm gonna pick a team to follow in Japan, what you know, natural to pick the one of where I've where I used to live, just as anyone would 
pick their hometown team over here. And you were saying as well with Japanese football kits being so expensive. I personally didn't know that, but I've been following you on Twitter for a couple of weeks now, and I'm fairly sure you have got some collection of kits as well. Um, yeah, I've got I've got them right I've got them right behind me when I'm recording this right now. Yeah, they're um, I've got quite a lot. I've managed to get most of my sort of vintage ones, uh, obviously secondhand, and they're not horrendously priced compared to like new. Uh, and some of the more modern ones are like Thai replicas because I, I just can't justify spending like the full amount. Um, the most I've spent on a shirt is 180 quid, and that includes like postage um, as well, which was ridiculous. I don't think I ever financially recovered from that. But um, yeah, I don't know why they're more expensive there. It's just the market. People are just used to paying that much. It's a bit ridiculous, but yeah. Yes, yeah, I can't really go and preach about spending mental money on football equipment when, you know, I look at my wardrobe just now, <laughs> three quarters of it is Celtic Adidas gear, so I would be somewhat of a hypocrite if I said that you're mental for spending all that cash on football stuff. But Hannah, if I'm not mistaken, you speak Japanese fluently, or maybe I just assume this is from seeing you tweeting Japanese also. I'm not going to say fluent because I've got a few years to go before I'm like fluent, fluent, but I've learned and studied the language since sort of 2017 um, and having lived there I kind of was able to pick up quite a lot and now I'm it's my university degree as well I'm studying it at the moment I'm just in the middle of third year right now so I'm quite proud of like my ability and how far I've come um, but I'm not fluent and I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm fluent um, I, I'm, I'm definitely better at like if I've got time to translate something, that's fine because if any if I don't know anything, I can easily look it up. But on the spot Japanese, you know, I'm not I'm not able to speak it as fluently as like, for example, the interpreters that uh, work for Celtic and um, that have been interpreting the Japanese players. Um, but no, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with how uh, my ability is, and I'm able to like um, translate articles and tweets and stuff and just generally like converse with my Japanese friends online about football as well which is which has been really good. For the guys coming over and the signings that we've got what is going to be the biggest barrier for them from um, living in Japan to then coming to Scotland? Probably well, the language barrier first of all is going to be the biggest thing. Um, I'm not aware any of them speak any like fluent level of English Um, maybe maybe Yosuke might have like a bit of English but not a lot. But I think just in terms of culture as well, like one thing I noticed in Japan is like there is the stereotype that like everyone there is more polite. Um, and that is a stereotype, but you do get some really nasty people there like you get in any country. But from what I remember, generally, the sort of way that people here have like sort of like patter with each other and are it's, it's normal to sort of like poke fun at folk that you don't really know that well. And it's like no one gets offended by it. That doesn't really exist in Japan it's quite people are very like private with strangers and um not as open with like randoms um compared to scottish people from my experience anyway um so i think like the kind of i'm not sure if they are like sort of seeing and looking at tweets and stuff about them but the new the four the four japanese players um i'd be quite interested to know like what they think of like kind of football chat and power in Scotland because it's very different than in Japan 
now focusing on Kyogo when he moved to Celtic. I was going to ask, did you see a lot of him when he was at VCL Kobe? And did you predict he would have such an instant impact at Celtic as well? The first time I heard about Kyogo was in 2019 um, when VCL Kobe won the Emperor's Cup uh, and Kyogo scored the the third goal in like the semi-final match, I remember. Um, that was sort of like the first time I'd seen him um, and... I just sort of remember there was loads of like hype around him in Japan um, among all fans of all teams, not just of uh, not just Vissel Kobe fans. And like he scored sixteen goals in his twenty twenty season. Uh, in the twenty one season, he scored uh, fifteen goals, and he actually came third in like the top um, the top goal scorers in the J League. And he only played half a season that season as well. So. Yeah, when he came to Scotland, I was really excited because I knew he was a big name in Japan and a lot of my friends from like the Kawasaki fan community were like, you're going to get to see Kyogo. Like, I'm really jealous. So I think he's he's loved by all people in Japan. So I knew he was going to be loved by Scottish fans as well. He's quite a charismatic character as well. One of the things that um, people in Japan always commented about, especially like uh, younger fans, um, was that he had such a infectious smile which is definitely true because like when you see him celebrating um scoring a goal it's like you just feel happy I, I, even if you're not a Celtic fan you know I don't understand how people could not look at him celebrating and not be like just really happy for him I haven't got this one noted down Hannah but you were just mentioning there about the fan club that you speak to back in Japan in Kawasaki are they going to be now tuned into a lot more of Scottish football after the signings we've made? What what's their sort of take on what's happening in Celtic now? Um, so in Japan, it's usual usually customary to if one of their players leaves and goes abroad, quite often they become fans of the foreign team as well, um, and then that leads them to get to know the other team's players as well. So it's been quite funny actually watching Japanese fans like spelling players like. Jota and um, um, Hart and stuff, their names in Japanese. It's been quite funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think all the Kawasaki fans are going to be Celtic fans now because of um, Hatate. And some of my friends have actually already ordered shirts um, of his name on it. So um, they're ready to drop money as well, which is which is great for Celtic. Um, but yeah. All right, focusing on our latest signings, and I won't talk about them as a collective, as Ange warned about this at the weekend, but rather, you know, individuals. So starting with Idiguchi, many feel that this player is the low-key addition to the squad, which is likely not meant as insulting, but it could indeed come across that way. So Hannah, did you see a lot of uh, Idiguchi in the G League? If so, what can he offer Celtic on the park? Since he got signed, I've like, been reading quite a lot about him, and um, I think... Low-key signing yet, although it's not meant to be, like, insulting. I think maybe he's not going to have the same, like, instant goal-scoring impact as, like, Kilgo and um, Maeda um, have and will have. I think he's going to provide more of a, like, impact in the midfield. Uh, in 2016, he won Rookie of the Year, which is a big award in the J-League. Um, I do think he's a really good player. I think he got messed over a bit when he went to Leeds, which wasn't really fair. I think there is a big issue of, I'm not sure about other Asian countries, but Japanese players going to the West to play football and just not really being supported properly, um, not really being given the best environment to play in. So I think that's probably what happened with him. I think a lot of people think because of that, he's a bad player. And I don't think he is at all. I'm not going to try and insult people, but a lot of shallow 
people might think that if you know he's not worth it because he's not scored or had assists um, and not had a particular huge amount of them over the years but no he's still a good player and he's very well like known and loved in Japan so um, I think he'll be fine I think he'll fit into um, Ange Postecoglou's playing style really well Hopefully he does um, What's the chances of seeing him tomorrow what do you reckon? I don't think he'll start but do you think he'll get on at some point? I don't think he'll start I think he'll be brought on I think I don't know I think either he'll either him and Hatate will both be brought on at some point or one of them will start and the other one will come on later um, I think they're probably kind of seen as equal I think Maeda will probably start but I think yeah I'm not quite sure about the other two to be honest On the latest 6 or 7 Hail Hail video I tipped Maeda to make an instant impact tomorrow I think his pace more than likely is going to take Hibs by surprise and there's just a real aura about him so Hannah, do you feel he'll have no problems being thrown right into this game tomorrow night? And also, where's he likely to play under Ange? Do you reckon he'll be on the left? Or do you think tomorrow he could be through the middle if there's no Kyogo? Yeah, I think uh, Maeda Dyson will have no issues just being in the starting eleven. first of all. Um, he scored 23 goals last season. He tied uh, top number one place with, um, with uh, Kawasaki's top striker, um, Leandro Damiao. Um, and for me, because his old team, Yokohama, were like Kawasaki's main rival, I've always like kind of not liked him, but also really liked him because he's just such a great player. Um, he got the most sprints um, last season as well. He's just so fast. Um, like it's like I have no other words to describe it other than it's just it's insane. Um, and his his sort of striking style is very similar to Kyogo. Like the second goal Kyogo scored in the cup final, a lot of Maeda Dyson's goals have been pretty similar to that and he's very well used to playing under Angie as well so I think he'll fit in no no problem and in terms of position I think yeah in the middle he could he usually plays in the middle uh, for Yokohama uh, he usually played there and um, he could also play I think left um, but yeah I think it depends on I don't think I would be extremely shocked if Kyogo was playing on Monday and um, I think that's a definite no so I think probably um, down the middle but I think he's able to play in various forward positions so he's quite a he's quite a versatile player as well and I know this obviously isn't part of the questions that I was going to ask you but you just reminded me as well earlier on today you broke a piece of news about Kyogo not travelling with a Japanese team um, which is obviously a boost for us in February I think he's obviously going to be missing the next few games but it's not as if he's going to be out you know for more than a few games with the way you were sort of word than that so hopefully he'd be fit for the Rangers game which would be a massive massive boost for the team as well yeah hopefully that would be good so let's get to Rio Hitati then I know you admire him as a player I've watched so many clips of him I've listened to a lot of you know analysts say that he'll be a star for us but Hannah why are you so excited for Rio Hitati at Celtic and secondly do you think he'll play any part tomorrow against Hibs he's just got some kind of like fire about him like he's 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 part he was part of the three uh, juniors who were brought in to play in Kawasaki um, in 2019. Uh, all three now of which are now in Europe with um, Ao Tanaka in Germany and Kaoru Mitoma uh, at Brighton but on loan in Belgium. Uh, so he's the, th- the third and final of the, of the trio to move to Europe and yeah he soared five goals in his 2020 season. Uh, and five goals in the 2021 season. Um, 
but yeah, he's definitely, which on paper doesn't seem like a massive amount, but in most of Kawasaki's goals were scored by like one or two players, so it is quite a a big amount um, in terms of G League playing style. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just a really good player. He's he's not afraid to make challenges and press on defenders. Um, he fouls a lot, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because you have to be quite tough and physical in the Scottish game. I think. Um, so I think. He's definitely one of the one of the stronger. He was definitely one of the like more physically strong players in the Kawasaki team, um, which I think will help him in Scotland as well. And tomorrow, um, I'd like him to start. I'd be overjoyed if he started, um, but I do think he'll probably be brought on maybe at like the sixtieth minute or something as a substitute, um, because he was the last to arrive. But I think he will definitely soon, you know, quickly fall into a really important role at Celtic. Yeah, I foolishly had well. Say foolishly, but if he starts tomorrow, then it'll be justified. But Hamish put me in the spot in the video yesterday, where, and I did have Hitati down as a starter. I mean, it's not improbable, but yeah, the more that I've been reading, I think Neil Beaton will likely keep his place after his excellent performance at Midermid Park as well. From the teams that we have signed all the players from over the winter break, what club do you reckon will feel the effect of the departures the most out of Idiguchi, Hitati, and Maeda? Yokohama will feel. Um, the departure of Maeda the most out of all three, um, mainly because any time that I, you know, paid attention to Yokohama last season, uh, he was kind of the the main the main character, as they say. Um, you know, they are a great club and they've got other players, but I think they will, and a lot of their fans are mourning him leaving. Um, I think Kawasaki as well. Um, everyone is really sad because he was just such a beloved player, um, but. They've got a reasonably wide range of players. Um, they don't rely so much on just one guy, which is, I think, what Yokohama's problem might be. But who knows? They might have someone new sort of ready to take over Maeda's top spot. But yeah, I think Osaka as well, Gamba Osaka, uh, Ideguchi's old team, they will also be affected by the loss of him. But I think it won't be such a, a visible impact um, compared to Yokohama. Right, finally, Hannah, can we get a prediction ahead of tomorrow night's game? Hamish yesterday said it's going to be 3-1 to Celtic. I said it's going to be 2-0 to Celtic. What about yourself? What are you going with? I thought about this earlier, and I also think it's going to be 2-0. It could be 2-1, but it is hips. <laughs> but yeah, 2-0 Celtic. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Maeda score twice. Um, if Jota is playing... Maybe he'll score once, um, but I think I think Maeda will definitely score. I think he'll he'll fit in straight away and hit the ground running. Um, if he starts, because Nkilgo's first starting match, if I remember correctly, he did score as well. So I think both strikers are able to sort of hit the ground running and start start straight away. So yeah, two 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 nil Celtic. I think it's going to be. Doesn't matter what the score is for me tomorrow, just three points is the main thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I dearly would love to see Maeda getting off to an amazing start and scoring on his debut. But, you know, I'll take anything as long as we just beat Hibs. And Hannah, before, you know, I plug what your at is on social media, um, it's probably better if you say it because I'm right in saying it. I'm going to try and say this here at Esper by Mitsumi. But where, where does the handle come from? It's just a song title by a Japanese band that I like. I think I made it a while ago. Yeah, it's a good song. So if you want to check out some good Japanese indie music, it, 
Mitsume are a good place to start. But yeah, that's that's what it means. I thought it was something philosophical or cultural, but there we are. Well, Hannah, thanks a lot for coming on. And once more, I mean, you've got pretty much a lot of the Celtic fan base following you. I'm sure some of the gig pod listeners can find you on at Esper by Mitsumi. So hopefully I've pronounced that one properly. And thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, I think it's been a great opportunity. Uh, thank you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, well, do I want to listen to it back and hear my own voice? Maybe. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what people think about it. Yeah. No, they'll probably love you. But as always, I get papers off the audience um, and also off the YouTube lot in 67 Hail Hail. I'm bracing myself. I've got a thick skin. But... That is it from us at GigPod and episode 89 is just about over. Again, a big thanks to Hannah for coming on and I'll share where you can find her in the episode description. Tomorrow we'll likely have press access for the game and I'll let you know about that tomorrow uh, before the kickoff. We'll have a review podcast too with Rizzo on the Tuesday and hopefully this year Spunkphone can return. 2022 is full of miracles so far. So I just want to say enjoy the game everyone. I'll leave you with three magic words. Not long now. Podcast Network.